It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. everyone. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. As always, we are always grateful that you tune in and send us emails and the like. Uh, so how's your weekend so far? I know it's only 12 noon, but uh, our weekend is good so far. We're here on the air with you. And I tell you, I am very excited because finally, the Olympics, finally, the Summer Olympics. Yes, they started. Uh Came close, of course, to not starting because of that dreaded thing called COVID-19. But the games are on, and I am a huge fan of uh, track and field, so I can't wait for those events to take place as well. And let's see, I think uh, from experts, what they're saying, that America is going to, is expected to do very well in those track and field, and of course in gymnastics as well, and, and other sports. But anyway... Yeah, the Olympics have started. Milwaukee are the NBA champions. Who would have thought? But yes, Giannis brought it in, brought it on home. I know all of the cheese heads. Well, they're, I think they're NBA cheese heads also, because I think, I think I know a couple of them. They're kind of closet cheese heads. But yeah, just say something wrong about a Milwaukee team, and that's when you find out how hardcore they are. But anyway, uh, we've got a show for you. We have three guests here, a packed show, two actresses, and uh, our first guest is a local gentleman here. His name is George Allen, and he is uh, the, the information that he is going to relay and share with us is very important, especially if you know of someone, or maybe you are homeless. Uh, he has information that will help you, whomever, to get housing. So yeah, that's some very important information. He's, he's our first guest, and we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'll tell you more about the work of George Allen and the amazing uh, things that he has accomplished here in the Las Vegas area in the areas of, of housing and helping the homeless. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our first guest. Okay, we are back with more of Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. Well, we are interrupting our regular format uh, of the show just for the next few minutes to bring you a guest who has some very important information to share, especially uh, in the area of people who are homeless and need housing. So if you know of someone who is homeless or about to be homeless, or maybe it's yourself, please get your pen and paper so we can, so you can write down uh, the contact information. As I said, our first guest is George Allen. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, he lives right here in Las Vegas, and he's an advocate that helps the homeless get housing. His work's been noted by top civic leaders and politicians, such as Senator Jackie Rosen, Congressman Steve Horsford, Senator Cory 
Cory Booker and so many other prominent agencies and organizations within our beautiful city of Las Vegas. So let's bring George on right now so that he can share information uh, about how to get help for the homeless. So let's bring him on, uh, bring up his line right now. Okay, everybody, uh, I have on board here George Allen. I told you a little bit about him um, before, during the break, before the break, I should say. And now we have him online here. Uh, George, good afternoon. It's such a pleasure to talk to you and share your, your story and your work with our listeners out here. Oh, yes. I, I, I'm very excited to, you know, to be on your show here and to share uh, my experiences uh, working with the homeless in uh, Las Vegas. Well, now, um, normally our show, we are about entertainment and celebrities and high-profile names. Everybody's been listening to the show know that. But, uh, and I'm still, a lot of people know, I'm still new, relatively new here to Vegas. But when I heard about the work that you're doing through a colleague, I, I just got so excited um, and wanted to share your story and your work with our listeners because, unfortunately, um, homelessness is a problem in our beautiful city, but it's actually a problem in every city uh, these days. But you, among others, are really working hard uh, to try to eradicate this problem of home homelessness. Uh, you are an advocate for the homeless, uh, and you've been mentioned by and worked with very prominent names in local, regional, and national government. All kinds of top people have uh, praised the work that you're doing. Um, give us a brief summary as to how it is and what you're doing towards helping homeless people here in Vegas. Well, number one, we, uh, as a home care worker, uh, we have to deal with a lot uh, that we are not paid for. And, and one of that is that we deal with uh, the homeless. Uh, the homeless still need services. They still need to be serviced. And that's something that Medicaid uh, have to change that they only want to service the people that are uh, housed uh, but Medicaid should uh, allow home care workers to service uh, the community and service the homeless uh, and that's what I do I go uh, I go to every corner and I've serviced are homeless and I can't even imagine how how 
stressful that is. They just don't have the resource. They don't know. They don't. Maybe they don't have a cell phone. They don't have a computer. They don't have the basics of what is required in today's society as far as information. They don't know where to turn. So it, how bad of a problem is that, the link to communication? Uh, uh, it's, it's a bad problem. Uh, and then, you know, we have uh, homeless children who don't have access, uh, computer access, uh, who, uh, who may not be in school because they're homeless and who are living in the back of cars and, and, and just living in uh, whatever vehicle that they could find. And some are going to school and still living in, in vehicles. Uh, it's very, communication for them is very hard. We do need to be able to get computers out to those children and, and, uh, and, and find a way uh, to provide housing. And I do believe that Medicaid should pay for the homeless. They should pay for housing for the homeless. And so what happens, let's say somebody who's listening to this conversation right now and they're out there, whether they're a single person or whether they have children and you, they get in touch with you. They have no job. They have nothing. Or maybe they do have a job. And, and we've seen the headlines recently that, that stated that even with uh, minimum wage, most people cannot afford decent apartments and housing. That's a whole other topic, of course. But what do you do? Let's say you meet a, a gentleman or uh, lady and they, they said, George, I heard your story, what you do. I, I have nowhere to live. What do you do for What are the first one, two, three steps that you do for that person? The first thing is to get as much information from them as I can and then connect. And the second thing is to connect them to resources. And then I follow up with them. And if I have to grab them by the hand and walk them through this, then I will. Because sometimes that's what we need. We have to have people that's on the ground that can walk with us, that can that can spend time with us and help us through all the uh, little problems that sometimes uh, the system creates that keeps people and discourage people from applying for certain services. And that's where I come in because I will not stop until those people or those agencies or social workers give the people the service that they deserve and should get as American citizens. So you are sort of uh, like a GPS navigator type to, to, yeah. to help cut through the red tape and such. Right, that's what I do. And so what kind of um, success rate have you, I mean, it doesn't have to, be in numbers, but I mean, how successful are you with helping to place people and, and get them some type of housing? Oh, I've been very successful in doing that uh, because when you're talking with people 
who are in the system and helping people. Uh, we all are trying to help people. So when we bring up these cases, we you know we sit around the table and we say, well, you know, who can we help right now? What would be the easiest one that we can help right now with the global resources that we have? And that's what you know. Uh, that's what I do, and that helps me be successful because of the fact that we can uh, we can fight some hard fights, but we can also fight uh, the fights that we know we can win. Now, I know every case, obviously, is different, but just on the average, about what kind of timeline are we talking about? Let's say if you got a call today and someone says, George, help me, I'm homeless. Uh, you meet them, you, you get as much as you mentioned as information from them and about them as possible. About generally average, how long will it take to get them uh, some housing? Well, it doesn't take it doesn't take that long, but you have to really navigate the system, and you have to they, you have to put their name in the system and get them moving and uh, and get their you know just keep fighting and, until somebody says yes, and sometimes it takes a week, sometimes it takes two weeks. Sometimes it takes a month, but we get it done. Do you have access to, uh, I believe it's called transitional housing uh, to help people if there's really a dire situation, or do you just have access to that, those programs at all? I have access to transitional housing, and, you know, we have uh, contacts in the city where they uh, provide uh, transitional housing, and they have, and, and there's funding there for that. And to further speak of funding, um, it, how much? I won't say how much in, in exact amounts, but the basic question is: Is there still funding out here to help people who are homeless and need resources, maybe cell phones, all of that type of thing. Because, you know, we hear these stories, you know, oh, there's no more money left, the budget is gone. But is, is there still budget out here to help homeless people? Yeah, there's, uh, there's money to help homeless people. You know, uh, they said that before the COVID, that there was no money and this and that. But when COVID came along, they found the money. That's good to hear. That's very good to hear. They, uh, uh, they, they found a way mm -hmm. to help the homeless. And some of those uh, programs still exist. And some of that uh, COVID money is still, is still flowing. I think the Clark County has uh, just gotten uh, some more funding to be able to, they got to figure out what they're going to do with it. And they trying to, you know, get advice and opinions from the public about uh, where they should uh, spend this money. But I think that uh, uh, homeless, uh, the homeless should be at the top of that list. And so as we wrap this up, how, and I know people are on their 
edges of their seat. How can people contact you if they need help, if they're homeless or working homeless or totally homeless? How can they reach you? They can reach me at 702-265-9491. Okay. Jukegallon357 at gmail.com. Okay. And everyone who's listening in the event that you don't have a pen and paper right now you can always email me info at filmfestivalradio.com and i'll be more than happy to forward you george's uh, contact information and again it's george allen a-l-l-e-n three five uh seven at gmail.com and his phone number is area code seven zero two two six five nine four nine one and George I just know people are going to be contacting you because um, if, if they're not homeless themselves I'm sure they know people somebody in their circle uh, who might need your help so I just commend you and thank you so much for the work that you're doing towards helping the unfortunate out here I thank you for the work that you're doing and what you've done today it's so important that they have an advocate out there also like yourself well i just have a you know i just have a compassionate heart for people you know especially those who are oh it just breaks my heart i'll start crying if i start thinking about it but any anything that i can do to spread information my job is to spread information and as i said earlier when i heard about you and the work you're doing um i said oh we got to share we got to share this information before we uh end this how many years have you been doing this kind of work i've been in, uh i've been doing home care and and human services for for about 30 years. Oh, my goodness. I was reading a little bit about you. I understand you are originally from New Jersey. And, yeah. And you've been here in Vegas for a number of years. And you're doing all of this. Um, do you know, do you have a lot of support from, I mean, I know you work with a lot of local agencies here, but as far as staff, it's just, just you, yourself, is that it? It's, it's me. Special that makes the person, I'm sure, feel worthy because being homeless is harsh enough. But then they have somebody who has a caring heart, such as yourself, trying to help them. That must really builds up their self-esteem. Hopefully. So again, George, thank you for for being here today, and also thank you for the work you're doing. Okay, thank you so much, George. Uh, very much needed information that he has. Uh, again, if you need to reach him, you would like to contact him about uh, yourself if you are homeless or you know of someone. His phone number again is area code 702 265 
1-800-273-9491. And his email address is George Allen, A-L-L-E-N, 357 at gmail.com. That's George Allen, 357 at gmail.com. He's a wealth of information uh, in this area of uh, needing help for people who need that type of help. So give him a call or email him. And so that brings us to our next guest here. We're going to shift gears just for a minute and get back to uh, our regularly scheduled uh, normal program that we have here. And it brings uh, me to our guest here. Our second guest is, well, her name is Christina Bell, and she's a very, very talented actress and singer, recording artist. We saw her, if, you, if you're a fan of gospel music, you saw, if you saw the Clark Sisters um, movie that was done on the Lifetime Network last year, it was one of Lifetime's highest rated movies on the network, one of their highest. But a lot of that had to do with the talents of many people, and that includes our guest, Christina Bell. Currently, she has a new single out, and it is titled Still Faithful, featuring Fred Hammond. This is her third single, uh, to be exact, and she has a full-length album coming out later this year. But for the... Uh, the Clark sister move, sisters, I should say, movie. She starred as Twinkie Clark, who is a legend. The whole family, the whole Clark family sisters are just legends in their own right, especially uh, in the area of gospel music, gospel songwriting. These ladies have just done it all. Uh, awards, accolades, just everything. So our guest, Christina, recently won a Stella Award in the category for Special Event Album of the Year for the First Ladies of Gospel, the Clark Sisters soundtrack, which, which is the full title of the uh, Lifetime movie. And as I said, she, this new single, this is her third one, Still Faithful, featuring another gospel great, Fred Hammond. And we're going to play a portion uh, of the song uh, shortly after we finish chatting with Christina. That acting role that she did as Twinkie Clark just has opened a floodgate of opportunities for Miss Christina in the world of acting and music. And so we're going to have a lot to talk about. She's uh, got her first Stella Award. I know that was probably part of her uh, bucket list of things to do. We all have those bucket lists. And guess what? She, strike, uh, she now can strike that off of her list. So let's bring on the fabulously talented Miss Christina Bell to hear about her latest album, single from her album that's coming up, and also um, about what she's going to be doing uh, as far as acting. So let's take a listen to her and bring her on right now. Christina, are you there? I am here. Go ahead, Janet. Well, good morning. Oh, I should say good afternoon, Christina. How are you today? I'm doing good. It's morning over here, but I'm good. You're good. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, I have been looking forward to chatting with you all this week here when I first uh, found out about uh, the scheduled interview. And so uh, just jump right in here. Uh, this has been, I would say, the last 24 months have been just a banner time for you in your life, in your career. Uh, 
starting with currently you your third single still faithful featuring fred hammond uh tell us about the song did you write or co-write it or or what no this is actually one of those songs that uh <laughs> this is one of those songs that you wish that you would have penned but <laughs> a good friend of mine named lamont sloan he's the one that penned the song um i'm just thankful to god that that uh he allowed me to sing his song i actually sang this song a couple of years ago with um Myron Butler at um, one of his conferences that he has um, yearly, and uh, I, it stuck with me. And so we reached out to Lamond and asked him if uh, he would consider allowing me to put that on my album, and he was like, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so yeah, Lamond wrote the song, um, and I'm just I'm grateful to God that he's allowing me to sing his song. So, what came first uh, for this particular project was the was it the selection of the song song or was it working with Fred Hammond? Uh, the selection of the song actually came first, uh, and then uh, Fred came um, after. Uh, we were actually looking for who would be perfect for singing the song with me, and so when I reached out to Fred uh, and he said yes. I was like, yeah, so is this key all right? Like, what's going to happen? And he said, I think we can leave it in the same key. So um, it definitely was uh, one of those projects that you, you know, kind of sit on the edge of your seat trying to figure out if, if everything is going to go as planned. And it turned out perfectly. Of course, you know, we're living in a time where COVID is happening. So we recorded at different locations. He recorded at his space. I recorded at my home and uh, it came together really, really well. And actually the craziest thing is uh, Angela uh, Burchett that played Jackie in the film her sister is doing background vocals on that for me. So it's, it's, it's just crazy. It's amazing. <laughs> it is. Well, it, everything turned out beautifully. The song, of course, uh, we're going to play it later on here. But um, this, again, just a banner time for you. Um, you have recently the Stella Awards. You won a Stella Awards uh, for Special Event Album of the Year for your your contribution to the music, the soundtrack of the Clark Sisters' uh, hugely successful bio picture that you starred as Twinkie Clark. So how high on the bucket list was being nominated, winning, and being a, a presenter at the Stella Awards for you? If I'm honest with you, <laughs> Janice, if I'm honest with you, I promise you being nominated was the best thing ever. Um, honestly, I didn't even think that we would get it. I wasn't even looking that you know forward to us getting it. I, I honestly thought that somebody else would get it, and uh, I sat there probably about ten good seconds because I was like, well, "Who did they call?" <laughs> and uh, when my manager reached over to me and kind of shook me out of it, I uh, he was like, "Yeah, you got to go and accept it." And so I was about to walk up, and then I turned and see Shalea standing there. And it made it even better. So I was really, really excited about that that moment. But it was, I, I can't really say that having the Stellar Award was high on my bucket list because I didn't think that we would get, get it. But definitely being nominated was really, really high. But it just blew me out of the water once they called us and, and said that we won. I was, I was just blown away, just blown completely away. Oh, my goodness. 
Well, you are so deserving. Uh, I have uh, family and friends who are still talking about the Clark Sisters film. Uh, uh, your role in it was just uh, fantastic. It seems like your career is kind of, it was just amazing. You just, you just, just morphed into Twinkie. Um, <laughs> you just did. So I can only imagine after the film was totally finished and done, were you nervous about the, the Clark sisters seeing the final product uh, and Twinkie herself and El I mean her family and such? Were, were you nervous or what? I wasn't nervous um, simply because they were there uh, throughout the process. Um, uh, Twinkie wasn't there. Um, she had just um, she was recovering uh, from being in a hospital, being in the hospital. But uh, I wasn't nervous. I was more so just wanting to know uh, what their final thoughts were on the film and uh, wanting to make sure that they were happy, uh, especially because I didn't get the opportunity to talk to Miss Twinkie before filming or during. Um, but I wanted to know if she felt like I, I did her justice. And once we connected uh, a few months later, uh, she had already seen it before. Of course, the, the public had seen it. And she saw it and she was like, you know, I really, really like all of the characters, but uh, that one character named Twinkie, I really like her. I was like, okay, so this is good. This is really good. <laughs> so I'm grateful. I, you know, I wasn't nervous that they would see it, but I was definitely just wanting to know if, if they were happy with the results. We made sure that we went out to eat together to make sure that we uh, became sisters and, and be, uh, developed a bond, a for real bond with each other and not just have it to be a working relationship on screen. Because I think that people can tell if it's just work. Uh, I know I can uh, but we wanted to make sure that we came off as genuine as possible. And we even still have a great connection, all of um, my sisters and I, um, from Shalea to Kiara, Angela uh, to Raven, everybody. We still have a great connection to each other, uh, still text and all of that good stuff. So we made sure that we, we did it justice. Well, you did. Absolutely nailed it. Totally so. And what makes it even more amazing is that I – if I'm not mistaken, this was your first major acting role. Is that right? Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I was so surprised that I even got it. I told the guys, I said, if I don't get it, because y'all put me out here, if I don't get it, I'm getting you. But <laughs> but I got the part. And, uh, you know, it's it's crazy because the same day I uh, when, when the movie released, uh, you know, it, it goes to show you how much people really do believe in you. But the same day that uh, the movie released, I got the opportunity to get an, uh, an acting agent um, that's major. And uh, it's, it's just, you know, so good that God still looks out for for you, even, you know, when you don't think that nobody is looking out for you. So uh, God has just been faithful. He's been faithful. Well, I know that you probably can't tell us too much but in addition to the the album that's coming the, the full album i should say coming soon still faithful uh can you tell us about any upcoming acting projects uh right now i don't have any upcoming uh acting projects I, what i've actually been doing is auditioning so that i can um get get on screen again but uh i've been doing a lot of work uh, auditioning like i said and also making sure that i stay in class and stay in that mode uh because this 
definitely is not for the faint at heart. Oh, no. <laughs> um, you know, so I've been auditioning for different roles, uh, car, uh, for voiceovers, for cartoons and commercials and uh, different movies and TV shows and all of that good stuff. And it's actually been really, really fun uh, and a huge learning experience uh, for me. And, um, you know, as soon as something uh, hits, which I'm sure it's going to be really, really soon, uh, but as soon as something hits, I promise you everything is actually going to be on officialchristina.com. So you'll be able to see exactly when and where. Okay, so the site again is officialchristina.com. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And I got about four minutes left here. Can you give us some details about your music arts company, The Vocal Bells? Absolutely. I love Vocal Bells. That's my baby. Uh, <laughs> Vocal Bells has been in existence for eight years. Uh, it uh, made eight years in April this year. And Vocal Bells is basically uh, training different singers. Uh, and even if you're not a professional singer, uh, we train all different uh, types of singers on how to properly sing, um, where the vocal cords are located, where the diaphragm is actually located, and, and so many different things. Um, we also have piano lessons, um, you know, other coaches that contribute, and uh, it's just absolutely amazing how uh, we have our students that are excited about music now instead of, you know, oh, well, I just want to get up there and sing. You know, they're really excited about singing and nurturing their vocal cords and learning more about uh, how to project and all of that good stuff. So, you know, if you if you need a vocal coach or a piano coach and soon we'll have a uh, dance, uh, if you need that, go to vocalbells.com and I promise you, we will get you hooked right on up. <laughs> oh, right. That is such a needed uh type of business because there's so much talent out here people don't know what to do or where to go and you're providing a service yeah now is this based where, where is vocal bells based out of what city uh out of uh, dallas texas but as of right now due to covid uh we're only doing um virtual so okay. everything is done through zoom so whenever you sign up just know that you know you'll be safe and you won't have to worry about, you know, having to be in the front of anybody, you know, somebody breathing all along you and yes. stuff, you know. So, <laughs> so you can book your classes, uh, you know, knowing that you'll be safe and in the comfort of your own home or wherever it is that you desire to be. Well, that's great to know. But Dallas is my former hometown, so uh, I know all about Dallas. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dallas girl to Dallas girl here. But anyway, right. yeah, yeah. But Christina, I know you have another interview right behind me. So thank you so much. It's been such a delight chatting with you. And uh, next thank acting project, please call us and we'll, we'll hook it up again. Thank you. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate it. Okay, and congratulations on all the success you're having. Thank you. Have a good one. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Okay, we are back with our final guest uh, who will be joining us in about 60 seconds here. So let me intro her before she gets online here. Well, for those of you who are Netflix subscribers, such as myself and others, uh, I know you're familiar with the hit show, I Think You Should Leave. It's uh, a, a really big hit, a sketch comedy show that's already started season two. This, If you haven't seen it, if you've got Netflix, please go tune it in. It's hilarious. It's a combination between Saturday Night Live and Mad TV and then some. Very funny. So I am very excited about talking with one of the uh, main actresses from the show. Her name is Tracy Birdsall and she stars as Janine. You know, Janine. Funny Janine there. Beautiful Janine. Tracy is an award-winning actress and she's so well known for her versatility and all the different roles. She's been on a soap opera. She's done several drama uh, shows and roles and et cetera. Um, some of her, yeah, she was on the, thank you for reminding me. She was on The Young and the Restless, uh, Rogue Warrior. These are some of just a couple of her many, many uh, roles that she's done. And also she recently wrapped up an eight hour sci-fi series, The Time War, in which she has the lead role. So we're going to ask her all about uh, her work on this upcoming sci-fi eight hour like a mini series, sci-fi series there. And also, of course, uh, what it's like working on this very funny show, I Think You Should Leave. I love the title. So let's bring Tracy on right now. She's on board. I see the light green light is blinking there. Hello, it's Janice. Hi, Janice. It's Tracy Burns. Hi, Tracy. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good here. Just uh, awaiting your call. And now here we all, we are all here and accounted for. So let's just jump right in here. So um, your show is uh, Netflix, uh, such a hit show. Uh, I think you should leave. What a title. <laughs> it's, That's Tim Robinson for you. Yeah. It is Tim Robinson at his finest there. Uh, season two has premiered and is on, on the way. And so um, are there any particular sketches that you particularly personally like about the new season that you just say, oh, I just love this one in particular? Well, I actually, I actually like the, um, the coffin flop one myself i mean of course i'm not in that one but it is just the funniest thing i've ever seen and every time i turn it on i watch it and it just makes me laugh so hard that i just want to cry it's so funny but you know they're all great i mean this is you know saturday night live actors and you know amazing writing with zach and tim and and um it's just a lot of fun you know i I do a lot of heavy drama a lot of sci-fi and sort of get out there and dance and comedy for a little while. It's, it's just really a joy. Yes, you you have done a lot of uh, drama. You've been on a soap opera. And uh, so are, what's, when you, season one of the show, uh, what were some of your longtime fans, were they surprised to see you be so good in comedy or what? 
You know, not really, because I grew up with comedy. So I, I, I grew up with it. And then a few years ago, I did a, a comedy feature called Who's Jenna? And I was Jenna in that. And so there, they, I've, I've tried very, very hard to keep myself across the genres and, and, and into all of the different things and keep my skill sets up. Mm-hmm. And so the drama's fun and the sci-fi's fun and it's super, you know, it's very, very hard. It takes a toll on you physically and emotionally. And then you get to go do a comedy and it's just, like I said, it's just like a dance. It's a lot of fun. And um, I just, I, I like all the genres. I think that as an actor that you can burn out if you don't, you know, keep going and, and using the different muscles that you have in the different ways. Now, season one, do, do you have family and friends uh, for the first season of I Think You Should Leave? Uh, during the pandemic, did you guys have like binge watching parties of, this, of the show or, or what? I'm kind of a closet watcher of everything. I'm a binge watcher, but I, I mostly do it by myself. <laughs> okay. And I'll message my kids or I'll message people and be like, oh, my gosh, you have to see this. I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's really a great show. And, and, and I thought that I was, um, in my sketch season two, I thought that I was going to be opposite Tim because I knew that the character's name, you know, I knew that Tim Robinson, I knew the character's name was Tim, and then it was Tim Heidecker, which is, just as hilarious and just as much fun. So that was quite a treat, too. Yeah, that character, I was looking at the notes, and it said, Heidecker is a walnut-obsessed jazz douchebag. How can you love (laughs) jazz and be a douchebag? I don't get that. (laughs) Well, you know, we shot during the pandemic, so we didn't get a lot of time to talk when we were shooting. But, we, but I did quite a bit with Tim because we were sitting with each other. But he's just a really funny, eclectic, nice guy, you know. With a, they they wear their humor just right there, and um, they're so they're so used to it. They're so used to constantly doing comedy. Where for me, I have to kind of change gears in my brain, you know. But these guys are funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, comedians are just so much fun. I used to hang around on stand-up comics a lot, so they're just. They're just in their own zone. They're, they're a whole personality unto themselves. <laughs> well, they are. You know what's fun about them is they get to laugh at everything. But if we if we laugh at certain things out in public or something, you know, we, we would be judged. Mm-hmm. But they just they just get to say whatever they want because they're known for being comedians. And it's just there's got to be a certain freedom there, especially with, with how society's become so, you know, closed off and what you can and can't say. And, and these guys are... You know, dropping naked bodies out of coffins on TV. I mean, I just think it's the funniest thing ever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that naked bodies out of coffins. Man, don't you hate when that happens? Man. <laughs> I, I just love that they push it. Like, they push it further than anybody else does. But it's, just, it's just so much fun. Well, somebody yeah. has to go back to the way it, you know, the way it was when we could just... You know, laugh at something and not look around both ways, you know, to make sure that it's okay to laugh. You just want to laugh, belly laugh, bellyache laugh, you know? And, and that's what I think the show is good for, you know, because a lot a lot of things when I was younger, I mean, it was just, you know, outrageous humor was, was okay. And I think we really need that in our society. I mean, we've been going through a pandemic at the same time as everybody's being careful what they say. And that's a really tough thing on people. So I think that's why the show does so well. Is they have this audience of people that are just dying to cut loose. Oh, know? yeah. That's so very true. So to further speak of this awful thing called the pandemic, um, when everything was on total lockdown, what are some of the things that you did while you were at home? 
oh my gosh, I'm, I'm kind of a workaholic. So it was the first time that I'd had some time to myself. And I actually took some um, online classes. I took a class in the UK, an acting class in the UK. I took a singing class with Steve Mackey that's done virtually. I mean, I, I worked on my skills. That's what I do. And I actually really liked having the time because I've shot in 15 countries in two years. So it was the first time I really had a chance to be like, okay, I'm not working on a particular script at this moment. I can work on myself and my skills and my, you know, all of these other. And it wasn't really proper to be promoting yourself at the time while everybody's in lockdown. So it kind of gave me some freedom to continue to work on myself as a, as a performer. You said, let's roll back here. You said you shot in 15 countries in two years? Oh my goodness. I did. I did. Yeah, and it was it was interesting because it was right after my house burned down in the Wolfie Fire. Oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Oh. Everybody's looking for houses to move into and renting these big houses. And I rented a little place and just went on the road and just kept shooting and and um so yeah we shot from you know at the uh castle in croatia that they shot game of thrones at we shot it on top of a alp in austria we shot in scotland in england i mean just all over the place and it was oh canada we shot in canada last january with a year ago Jan- last january and um so it was just kind of a, a whirlwind time for me so when the pandemic hit like, ah, I've got some me time. You know? Yes. But I really didn't goodness. mind for the longest time. I was like, I was okay with it. Well, it sounds like that you were, you know, it's a tough job being in such beautiful countries, Austria and Croatia and these kinds of places, Canada. Oh, I can only imagine the, the video and photos, the personal ones that you must have. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Most of it is, most of it is, of course, on the footage because you know you're. There's a lot of action, and we're in freezing cold weather and hailstorms and all kinds of things. So it's it's physically very difficult. A lot of action scenes and stuff like that. This is for the Time War, and um, which is coming out. I would say it's it's a TV series, and I play the lead Dion in it, and it's been in post now for. I don't know, for the whole pandemic. So I would say probably another few months of, of post and then we'll figure out where it's gonna where it's gonna play and stuff like that. But it was pretty grueling, even though it was beautiful. So most of the proof that I have of all these places I've been aren't snapshots. I didn't have cell phone on me because I'm in costume, but they're actually on the footage of what people will see. So it's kind of an interesting thing. They understand uh, it's going to be an eight-hour sci-fi series, The Time War. Yeah, that, that's my genre there, so I'll be looking out for that one for sure. Oh, yeah, I know. I love that genre. Time travel. Ah, uh, yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> do you believe, away from the set, is there such thing as time travel? Well, <laughs> away from the set, see, that's tricky because I spend a year and a half getting, getting ready for this project, oh, and you have to believe it. You have to. Okay. <laughs> you have to believe it. I have to believe everything that I do, though. So it's like, I'm, of course, I'm a sci-fi junkie all the way back to being a kid because my dad was a sci-fi junkie. But do I believe it? I, I believe in everything when I'm preparing for a role. Everything is real to me. Every robot is real. Every flying submarine is real. <laughs> of course. Well, now, if you could go back in time, is there a particular era that you'd really like to explore and 
sample the food, to, you know, just live in that era. Hmm. You know, it's like I've, I, I, I actually love living in the era that we're in, but, um, and I'm a vegetarian, so that might be difficult going back. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Maybe I should go forward a little bit. Okay, go like, forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be tough because everything in the previous eras, oh my God, the mutton chops and the meat and the buffalo steaks, just everything. Ugh. Even traveling, you go to places like Croatia and stuff, I mean, it's very hard to find something that you can eat. But that's how it used to be when I was younger, just even going to Paris. They didn't have these wonderful vegetarian restaurants back then, and even in New York City. And um, I remember when the Manhattan Diner got a veggie burger when I was in my 20s. I was so excited. <laughs> and you were just so far ahead of your time because look at now. It is so proper and fit to be uh, vegetarian and vegan. And, and it was so uncool then. <laughs> so uncool. You t- and, and people try to trick you into eating it. And it, was just, it was, but I did it mostly for... Um, for sustenance, because I'm I'm really athletic, and I do a lot of sport, and I run a lot, and I lift a lot of weights, and and it's just it's a pure way to eat, and it's better fuel for your body, and um, and so I, I did it for for personal reasons, and I wasn't making a big statement in the world, but it started off I think the vegetarian craze when it got wide as a big statement to the world, you know, about not eating animals and stuff like that, which I think is amazing. But I was reading an article the other day or watching a video about how, like, 300 animals have to die in order to have an avocado grow. They have to kill all the gophers and they have to do all this stuff. So it's like you get that perfect avocado every day. A lot of critters are dying. Oh, I had just ate an avocado Wednesday. Okay, I'll never look at that. I have one every day for decades it's like my thing having the perfect avocado i love them though i just especially in smoothies i just love them just love them see i make my own bread and then i have avocado toast it's kind of my brunch every day oh my god that, yeah. you are so talented my gosh so diverse well i don't want to i don't want to eat store-bought bread because there's all kinds of preservatives yep. and ingredients in it that i don't want to put in my body so i just make it yeah well now you mentioned earlier that you said you took um some singing vocal lessons. So do you sing also? I do, and I always have. But I haven't used that skill in so long. And um, two of the projects, actually three of the projects I've done over the last five years, I needed to sing in them at certain points, characters singing for some reason. And um, it was hard because when I was younger, I, I trained in vocal a lot. And I hadn't trained since I was younger. And so... I thought, you know what, this is a skill that people are going to keep bringing up because they see me singing in projects. So I need to really work on this and, like, you know, train my vocal cords again. And and so I, I really enjoyed that. That was one of the great things about lockdown was kind of, you know, freeing up that and, and working on my pitch and my range because I have a really good range. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's kind of kind of wonderful to be able to work on yourself and on your different tools that you have in your tool basket. Definitely so. And your utility belt is full here. So, um, you know, what's, what style of singing? Uh, or is, do you have an uh, interest in doing a re- recording career maybe later or, or just for the stage? You know, I don't. I just, I just do it in film if somebody needs me to, to sing. And, um, you know, I, I did a, 
a film in the late 90s called I Might Even Love You, and the soundtrack actually did better than the film. So, like, <laughs> That's interesting. But, um, you know, so it's one of those things where I, 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 I think contralto, so oh. to mezzo-soprano, so I have a really nice low range and I can go high. And so it's just something that um, I think it's integrated into the characters once people know that I can sing. And if, if I'm one of the lead characters, it's just something that keeps coming up. So it's something that I definitely needed to, to work on because all of those things, just like working out at the gym, you know, everything takes practice. You have to exercise those muscles. And so since I keep having to struggle through it, I'm like, I need to really work on that. Yeah. That's some ser serious singing, Tracy Contralto. You're a serious singer. <laughs> My goodness. I, I grew up with it. So I, I did. I was born in Burbank, and so the first thing they do when you're kids is put you in singing and dancing lessons, and, this, and then it just kind of continued on. Now you you also mentioned that you're very athletic. Um, I cannot wait for the Summer Olympics to start. Are you do you are you going to have time to watch that? Are you into it that much or what? I really, really, really enjoy it, but it's like everything else; it's so limited on time. So I will watch my, you know, my favorite things. You know, I love the bobsled and I love, you know, there's a lot of things in it that I really enjoy. And so I'll watch snippets. I watch award shows and snippets. I watch the parts that I really want to watch. And I watch the speeches I really want to watch. And um, so you have, every, everything has it. It's like people ask me what's the last great book you read. Well, I read so many scripts that I can't fit a good book in. I mean, there's only so yes. much time in the day. So... That's yeah, very true. I know what that's mm -hmm. like, believe me. They, I get sent so many books, and there's no way I can read even the intros. But uh, sometimes exactly. I try, I'll try to. But anyway, for now, we can look forward, of course, um, season two. I think you should leave. Uh, and then the upcoming eight-hour sci-fi series from you, The Time War. And now we have a little backstory about your travels in 15 <laughs> countries in two years. My God, you're like the UN of actresses here. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I actually got, in 2019, I got the, I have it sitting right here, the Actress of the Year Award at the UN. So it's funny that you bring that up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That yeah. is so cool. So I actually got to go speak there at the Women in Film Forum. It was pretty remarkable. Oh, what an honor. What an, I very I, I admire so much um, that the UN does so many different projects and works that they have done, their film festival and such. So that, what an honor that is for you. So It was. You know, it was surprising, but it was wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have been so nervous. All of those dignitaries and such. Oh, I'd have been a nervous wreck. And now it's fun because a lot of the dignitaries and stuff, we follow each other on social media. Oh, so that funny. makes it even better. That makes it even better. Well, I know they will be, they probably already have tuned in and had some laughs uh, with you guys for I Think You Should Leave. And then, you know, your upcoming sci-fi series is coming out, The Time War. So one final question, Tracy. How can people, <laughs> listeners, follow you on social media? What, what, how do they find you? Um, the, the basic hub is tracybirdsell.com, my website. On Twitter, I'm tracybirdsell1. On Facebook, I'm tracybirdsell official. And on Instagram, I'm tracybirdsell1. Okay, so they just type your name and they will find you for sure. They sure will, yeah. 
Definitely. And in the meantime, Tracy, thank you so much for the chat. I really, really enjoyed talking with you and uh, having some laughs. Abuela, uh, I think you should leave. That's what I think. <laughs> so with thank, that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm leaving being, now. Yeah, we're leaving now. <laughs> with that being said. <laughs> so you have a nice rest of the weekend then. Okay, thank you. You too. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, thank you so much, Tracy, for uh, giving us some a little bit of the backstory about them working on such a funny show. I think you should leave on Netflix. They're in season two, as we were chatting. And also make sure you be ready. We'll find out which network uh, for her upcoming eight hour sci-fi mini series that we were talking about. And hey, we're out of time. I want to thank all three of our guests, Tracy. I want to thank George Allen for all the helpful information that he provided for us about helping the homeless. And also to Christina Bell, very talented singer, actress. Seems like her career is kind of sort of following in the footsteps of uh, Jennifer Hudson, who, be, you know, it was the acting and the music as well. And to further speak of Christina Bell, we're going to leave the show, exit out with a portion, listening to a portion of her latest single, Still Faithful, featuring Fred Hammond. So make it a great rest of the weekend, and we'll see you guys next Saturday. Take care. Bye-bye. I see pain in all the land and tragedy on every hand Yet still I see God in all, He is still faithful. Yes, He is. I can see some things He saved me from, but when I cannot see, I know God's will is done. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.